0: Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be you in a court of law. You got a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights?
3: and the wolf is at your door.
2: or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, y'all, we're beginning Season 14 of Real Life, Real Crime. And it's a very important story I want to retell today, tell it from a different angle. Um, I want to kick this case into high gear And I'll explain it to you as we go. First of all, I want to welcome all you new lifers from around the world. We have millions of more listeners since we hit number one. And also, we're featured in Apple Podcasts' new and noteworthy section this week. Um, So welcome, everybody that's here for the first time. And, you know, we love and appreciate each and every one of you. Patreon Convex love and appreciate y'all. And stay tuned to the end of the story, today's story, for some more real life, real crime announcements. Now, I will tell you, uh, you know, I was a detective for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office for a long time. And on November 1, 2007, I left to go be a criminal investigator for the Louisiana State Police. And I'm almost, let's see, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, uh, six months and one day after. I was gone from the sheriff's office. I got home from the state police that evening, and I turned on the news like I always did. And this is a story that I saw.
0: They came by the hundreds. Walk all the way through
4: there, arm in arm to her house, and right around her house,
0: they came in all forms. now on horses and
3: people waiting.
0: Anyone and everyone concerned about Barbara Blunt came to find her. The kids
3: are out looking, brothers, sisters, brother in laws, everybody.
0: Friends and family say Barbara was a Sunday school teacher, a widow that lived alone, and the last person anyone would want to harm. I've never known her
4: Never have a crossword with anybody. Everybody knows that she wouldn't hurt nobody. Everybody got along with her.
0: The last time someone spoke with Barbara was around noon Friday. Family members say she told the neighbor she was going to clean up in her kitchen. Later that afternoon, her silver 2006 Toyota Camry was found partially hidden and abandoned here on this locking road not even a mile from her home.
1: This is totally inconsistent with her lifestyle, her activity, not to be seen or heard from like this for uh, almost 24 hours.
0: The search party started looking Friday evening, but with Saturday night's heavy rain, the woods have anywhere from five to six feet of water, making their mission even more difficult. We're doing all we can. We're not going to give up. Water or no water, we're not giving up. We had an incident while ago where a man was on a horseback, the horse started swimming the water was so deep friends and family have led detectives to believe barbara was taken from her home against her will her nephew tells nine news she was a tough lady who raised cattle alone and would not open her doors to just anyone which just adds to the mystery this family faces now a mystery about a woman they never thought would be in danger unreal It's unreal
4: It don't hit you don't think it hits at your home until it happens
0: Now, we would like to show you a picture of Barbara Blunt again. Now, there she is. Barbara is 58, 5'7", with dark brown hair and hazel eyes. She also wears glasses. Now, the car that was found abandoned was her silver 2006 Toyota Camry. If you have any information or have seen Barbara or someone driving that vehicle, please call Crime Stoppers at 344-STOP. And remember, that call is anonymous. Cheryl?
2: I get home, and I'm watching out on the news. I'm like, holy smokes. First of all, I knew the area. It's very rural. Um, I used to patrol that back in the day, and, and that's my, my sheriff's office, right? The uh, And so everybody that was out there looking, all the people they showed on the news, I knew them all. And now, at the time, Willie Graves was the sheriff for Livingston Parish, okay? And the— Chief of Operations or the Chief Deputy was was Jason R, an, uh, another dear friend of mine. Right, we came up through the ranks together, and Willie had been my sheriff, and I knew every one of the detectives. You know, the, these are the people that I worked with, y'all. And but and I know there's some of the finest detectives in the world. So I'm thinking, mm, going to be a murderer, Going, going, they're going to find her. Going to find something, but. As you'll hear, everything in Miss Barbara's case has worked against law enforcement, almost like a perfect storm. And so I, you know, I really didn't pay that much attention to it. Although there was a lot more news articles that came out, and and uh, you know, in the following weeks, et cetera. And then, well, guess what? They couldn't find her. And I remember thinking uh, selfishly selfishly thinking this, and I feel bad about it now. I remember thinking, damn, I'm glad I'm not the one that caught that case. But I still expected, because I mean, because I don't have any unsolved ones, y'all, and the, uh, I still expected that they were going to find her, and they were making arrest and everything. And that was on May the 2nd, 2008, when she went missing right so i'm going to play you another clip from a year later it's another news interview and this is with uh, miss Barbara Blunt's daughter with us this morning Christy Blunt
1: the daughter of Barbara Blunt the woman you're seeing right there Christy thank you for being with us this morning appreciate it okay. can you is it difficult for you and your family to believe that it has been a year
4: Yes, a year's a long time, but it really doesn't seem like that. In a sense, if you think about it, it just, it makes it longer because we don't know anything.
1: Still, we have no idea.
4: Not nothing.
1: Does it, you know, a lot of times there are pieces of information that that come through in in a year's time, but we have literally, those phone calls have slowed down and they're just vanished without a trace. Uh, th- that's got to be the most difficult part here. Not a single trace, no clue, no anything, for a year. Nothing. What have the detectives been able to tell you?
4: Any little piece of information they get, they give us a call. Say, hey, we have this. We'll check it out, and it's it's led to nothing so far.
1: So they have been they've been very good with you guys, though the the folks yes. out there, living at the parish sheriff's office. Day to day, you and I have talked about this before. Day to day is very difficult. Your mother was a very big part of your life for for. 30 years. You lived down the street from her. You'd see her every single day. So for you, this is, a, this is a big part of your life now missing.
4: Yes. You don't know what to do now. Your routine is just completely gone.
1: The family as a whole taking this day to day, and I, I mentioned this uh, in the story that we ran last night, you guys are very much um, living in the now, but certainly holding on to a piece of that past, yes. holding on to it, hoping, hoping for the very best. What are you guys hopeful for?
4: that any information you know will find her either way you know there's just to going know. to be something some information out there you recently got married yes this was back in March mhm and
1: uh, I mentioned this in the story as well the, the, the face that you didn't see in those photo albums the pictures the, the face of, of your mother an incredibly difficult time when it's supposed to be so joyous I imagine mhm how do you get through that is it just one of those not just day to day but moment to moment yes strong family
4: very strong we all stick together
1: the uh the house there that, that your mother your mother's house um still actually your brother now is uh, is living there mm-hmm. this, uh, this family has come together so so much after something like this and i imagine that that gives you strength family and
4: friends it does we all have to stick together no matter what happens
1: This is something that you're hopeful obviously has a better resolution, but uh, again, just hoping for any kind of news. If you could talk to anybody out there that may have have any kind of information, what would you say to them?
4: If you know anything or have heard anything or seen it, just contact somebody. Let us know so we can have closure.
1: It's a pretty good word. It's a pretty big word. Magic word for a lot of families' closure, sure would be nice to have. And you saw there on the screen the uh, prayer vigil for Barbara Blunt it's going to be this Saturday. And again, anyone with a big heart invited to be a part of this it's going to be Saturday, May 2nd, 10 a.m., right there at the Magnolia Baptist Church uh, in Holden. Christy Blunt, thank you so very much. Thank you for letting us be a part of this, and hopefully we can uh, get something positive out of it. Thank good you. to see you again this morning. You
2: too. That was the one-year anniversary, and, of course, I call, I call it murderversary. I kind of hate the word, but it's the truth because there's no doubt in my mind Miss Barbara Blunt was murdered on that day, and I'll get into that later on. But that was the one-year murderversary, and, of course, I saw it, and I'm, I'm still with the state police, and uh, the. You know, I felt horrible for, for the family, and I felt horrible for the— Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office and the law enforcement professionals that I know that they are. And, you know, it's just it's just one of those things that you never want to have to be a part of. OK. And but sometimes it happens. Well, here's the deal. This went on. OK. And in I'm going to play one more and then I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. So two years go by now and i used to watch the news y'all the, the local news and baton rouge channel two and, and and channel um nine the cbs and abc affiliates the every evening i had them recorded and i would watch them because i want to see all the crime stuff going on who i knew etc so i'm gonna play i get home um two years after the fact that are still on the case of a woman who disappeared two years ago.
0: 58-year-old Barbara Blunt vanished from her home in Holden. News 2's Rachel Frost gets answers on how investigators are trying to get leads in this cold case. Investigators tell me it's been
5: quite a while since they received any leads, but Blunt's family holds on to the hope that one day their loved one will return home. Christy Thompson says it feels like yesterday her mom went missing. Every now and then you look out the door like maybe she's going to walk up. You don't give up her. When Barbara Blunt first went missing, search teams spent days combing the woods near her home. After several weeks, the searches stopped, but Blunt's family continued working with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. Every
3: once in a while, we'll get a phone call, you know, an anonymous call or something like that, telling us to go look in a wooded area.
5: But tips haven't uncovered any clues to the whereabouts of Blunt. We don't know anything more now than basically the day she went missing. What do you do when you don't have anything to go on? And now leads are coming in less often.
3: We haven't had any in quite a while. It is frustrating, and and this is the thing, too. She was such a nice person, was so well-respected in the community.
5: Investigators say this case will remain open as long as Blunt is missing, and Thompson says she won't be able to cope until her questions are answered. That's what we really need is closure, to find out one way or the other, you know, is she still out there. Glenn's picture and information is on this playing card. Officials from the Department of Corrections are handing out these decks filled with cold cases. Right now, they're only used in state prisons in an effort to uncover new information.
2: alright y'all, so that's probably the last one I'll play of that. So every year, basically, let me sum it up for you. On May the second, it would miss Barrer's case. Now, by this time, she's been declared legally dead um, because she's vanished without trace. But again, I'm going to tell you, she was murdered on that day, and I'll get to that in a minute. But every year, I would watch this newscast or a new cat newscast or read the paper about her or read it online. I'm like, damn, you know. And I didn't meet the family yet at this point or anything. And the years would go by. And and then Will, Sheriff Willie Gray is retired, and Jason Ard, who I told you about earlier, was um, elected sheriff of Livingston Parish. And, you know, Jason was very instrumental over the years and doing everything from starting the, the SWAT team or the SRT team to just all kinds of things. He, he was a very forward thinker, and like I said, we came up together together. Um, so he's elected sheriff, okay? But every year on May 2nd, the murderversary, the Miss Barber, happened again. Now, we're going to fast forward, we forward, and I don't have to play you any more news articles but the, on, on that stuff. But I'll tell you what was going on with me. I had retired from law enforcement um, and went in my own private practice uh, doing uh, defense consulting work all over the United States. Of course, I had my polygraph business. And um, every year I would see Miss Barbara Blunt's case on the murder anniversary. But then I started this podcast, Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And after about five and a half months or so, I took on Courtney Coco's case, Cold Case, and which was the first time i deviated just from me being old cop telling stories right and i took on that case at the request of courtney coco's mama yeah miss stephanie bell and we worked it on the podcast and i solved it on the podcast and turned it back over to law enforcement now uh jason sheriff and i hadn't talked in years it'd been years and i mean I'm doing my thing. they're doing their thing. the I mean, he grew the sheriff's office exponentially that uh, where we used to have eight detectives to cover all cases. Now they had I think they had over thirty something detectives and they had specialized divisions and all the stuff that Sheriff R did to make it proactive and and, and all the good stuff, right? Well, he heard about my podcast and in what we had done in the Courtney Koko case. And so he had Lori Steele. Well, I think it was Lori Steele, his uh, spokesperson. Maybe it was his chief deputy, Brian Paul Smith, who he and I used to be partners. And we went to the um, academy together, et cetera. One of them reached out to me and said, hey, the sheriff would like to talk to you about possibility a feature in Miss Barbara's case on your podcast. And so, you know what? We set it up. Now, I tried to give you a little bit of information about Jason or Sheriff Ard, and, um, but I want to play you a recording. Now, the sheriff took time out of his day. This case at the time was, I think, 15. No, not 15. was 12 years old, Miss Barber's case, and he took the time out of his day. He drove to the studio where I was recording at the time. And he sat down and gave us very candid interview, and, and he talks, well, I'll let you, I'll let you listen to it, and I, and I want to tell you what we've done since then, and um, then I'm, we're going to do a call to action, people, and it's time to take this case back to the forefront. But listen to my interview with Sheriff Ard. Uh, first time probably we have been together in 10 years, 11 years or something, and we're going to play it now. My guest is the Honorable Sheriff Jason Ard, who is the Sheriff of Livingston Parish. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Woody. Hey, thank you for being here. It's a real pleasure. Uh, um, Everybody, before we get into the base facts of of the case, I want to take a minute and talk to Sheriff Ard. Um, Listeners, I know that when most people think of the sheriffs or you you think of a politician or you think they may have some law enforcement experience, et cetera. Like, I worked with sheriffs when I was with state police, and I worked with different offices all over the state. And some sheriffs had some law enforcement experience. Some were retired troopers, whatever. But the I think what makes Sheriff Ard unique is, and now I know his history, is his experience in a law enforcement experience. Uh, field and, and it's not just a politician. So, sheriff, I, don't, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you, if you don't mind, can can you tell us about your career? I think it, what, the reason I'm doing this is because I know it's unique, and, and I want the people to understand that you're not just a politician. Can yeah,
3: I, I kind of I, I do like that because I don't like people to know me as a politician. Right, right. Um, well. You know, unfortunately, it comes with the job. Whenever you run for sheriff, right. Uh, but I started my career at the sheriff's office in 1993. And uh, fresh out of high school, right. uh, didn't really know anything. The only reason I, I was drawn to law enforcement is because before that I was a cadet in the Dillon Springs Police Department as a teenager, right. and I just fell in love with it. Right. But I went to uh, work at the Livingston Parish Detention Center, and back, back then it was the Paris Jail. Right. And I worked there for about uh, three years, and then not long after that I was actually pulled to go on the street Worked the street as a uh, road deputy for about two years, and I was promoted as the supervisor over the road, and that was and uh, to be in about ninety seven. Okay, and worked in that capacity for another two and a half years, and then was moved into detective division. Right, and I think during that time um was probably when you probably came on board. I would right. I would think as as a road deputy, right. and uh but I left. Worked in, on the street for a while, and then I left, went, like I said, with the detectives, and then was in detectives for a couple of years, and was promoted to—I I say promoted—I was actually moved into the training division, right. uh, where I actually took on the role of uh, a training officer as well as the full-time SWAT commander. Right. And, and in fact, you—you you started this. I, I did. This, this, uh, actually, SWAT back team. in '97, when I was a patrol supervisor, we started kind of touring around. We we're trying to start some kind of a SWAT team because we didn't have one. And at the time we had some, I can't recall the officer's name run off. My I hate that I can't recall his name, but there was an officer that was killed. He was a narcotic officer in Baton yeah, Rouge yeah, doing right. a search warrant. Yeah, right. um, And right. Uh, and and we were starting me. to have a lot of search warrants in Livingston, and we just felt like it was time to make a change. and right. So uh went to the sheriff at the time, and, and he allowed me to start doing some research and, and sent me to training all over, and we created our, our SWAT team right. in 97. So right. I did that for several years as, long, as, far, as, and as well as training up until the year of 08, and so, that wasn't long after Katrina, which was in, in, in 05, We I was moved to the, the courthouse and was uh, made a, a chief operations. Right. And then from o eight, um, I'm sorry, that was in 06. It was right after Hurricane Katrina. I was chief of operations then in o eight, is whenever I was promoted to uh, chief deputy. Right. And then, of course, in 2011, sheriff approached me about running for sheriff. He was ready to retire, right. and. In, twenty twelve I was sworn in as sheriff. Right. Livingston Parish. So today as I'm sitting here, I'm in uh finishing up my twenty eighth year at the sheriff's office. That's amazing. What I've done my right. whole life right. and uh
2: the, the let me say this, Sheriff. It, I mean to cover it, basically y'all, he's done everything from jail guard to Working the street, answering the calls, uh, dealing with the public on a daily basis—everything that y'all have heard me talk about in past episodes—to detectives and in then, you know, supervisor positions. And when when you're out doing the training and everything, that's not—that's all aspects of training for everybody in law enforcement. That's not just. Firearms training, its it, it, whatever classes, advanced classes and people were coming through, he had his hands on it every day. Then getting into the chief operations or, or before chief deputy, you got into the almost what we call the coat and tie side of things, right, right. and uh, supervising. That really takes your aspect. So you've covered and touched every single aspect of the department before you were share. right and and right. and it's safe to say you're you coming up on the 30 years that you dedicate your whole life to protecting and servicing the citizens of
3: livingston parish it is without a that's, doubt that's what and you do that's, that's your whole what life. i do it's, it's uh I mean, I, I don't know anything else. I
2: was going to say, if you, <laughs> you took know, that away is, from you, who who would you be? Right? You would That's who right. defines you at this point.
3: Right. And and I, and I take it to heart because I I, I truly love my parish. And I was do. I was born right. here, raised here, right. and I, I, I truly love Livingston Parish, the right. community, and I uh, just I love what I do. I love I love being a part of the sheriff's office yeah. and. And I tell my, my, my deputies all the time, I'm just a name and a face. Right. And, uh, and the reason I tell them that is because I was in their shoes. And I know what exactly. it's like to have boots on the ground. I know it's a right to have the, the vehicle pursuits, the foot exactly. pursuits, yeah. and, and having to you know stay up all hours of the night and sometimes sure. go in 48 hours trying sure. to get a, 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 a crime solved right. just because you want to bring closure the, to that family.
2: You know, you know what it's like to t- Catch a thirty-minute nap on top of your desk. That's right. That's right. And you know, we yeah.
3: we take these these uh, these cases serious because uh, I always say this: our deputies live in Livingston Parish, their kids go to school in this parish, they right. have friends. We're right. we're so intertwined, we're so connected. Right. And when we have these type of crimes, uh, any type of crime, but you know, homicides, and, and we take them personally right. because it, we feel like it's it's in our backyard. Right. And yeah. it really is. It's in right. our backyard. Right.
2: And and I think that's what sets. Living Parish sheriff's office apart, and I've talked about that in the past. It's the people, the you know, the family aspect of it is very real, and 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 but that shows and and y'all's level of professionalism, et cetera. But thank you for that. I, I just want y'all listeners to understand if you could go out and find another sheriff in the in, in the state of Louisiana that has. Had his toes in every aspect of the job. I want to meet him because this is the only one that I know. Uh, but okay, sheriff, the we're here today about Miss Barbara Blunt. Now I want to talk to her about a second. I started getting calls on Miss Barbara Blunt like almost after we dropped our first episode. And I, I knew a little bit about the case from the news media. I had, had gone on from uh, the department by that time. But she must have been something really special because everybody just reached out to me. They're all different people, right? And and I don't know that much about her yet. And we're going to get with the family next week, hopefully, and, and, and talk with them so we can— let them tell about Miss Barbara and, right. and what kind of lady she was, et cetera. But the, it's so much interest in this case from so many different people. And it got to the point where, especially when we started doing the Courtney Coco series that, uh, and people were listening to episodes and it really started blowing out. I was like, Hey, call your chair. You know? Yeah. And, and, right. and, and so, but this is unique. And I didn't know that, it was actually a term. It's called crowdsourcing, and, and until we did the Courtney Coco case, where and it's not not many people have ever taken this this venue of reaching outside the normal channels, other than uh, Crime Stoppers or whatever, reaching outside the normal channels and using the public and and, and the right. listeners to help solve crimes, and and but it's. You know it's a very real thing, and these people are very passionate about it. And, and we get people from all over the world, like on the Cocoa case. You would think it was it was their sister, and yeah. and and but uh, the angle being that a lot of people, for whatever reason, will come forward and and say things anonymous or say things to us that they won't. Say to law enforcement, yeah, you know, okay. and it, which I thought was so crazy. I don't know, never would have thought it'd been like that. But I'm gonna say this: the y'all, Sheriff Ard, uh, really has has opened up, and I, I'd say red carpet treatment. But he's opened up the doors and let us come in. He, had, I mean, full access to the case file, etc. cetera. And I'm going to tell you this, my preliminary review of the file and meeting with the the deputies that... <laughs> shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning
6: off. Do I sound different to you?
2: I love that. You sound <laughs> like, it's that time of year there, bro.
6: I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you
2: tried AstroPro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? AstroPro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. AstroPro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast.
6: Hey y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. R L R C at checkout. That's happy and use the code
2: R L R C for 15% off today. Meeting with the deputies, uh, that worked the case and including sheriff R and that sheriff during this time, you, you weren't just sitting in the office on this case. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I went through y'all and there's not one single thing that, I would have done different in fact that I was amazed by the, the outside the box thinking that your guys did and you did to to go outside the box before this even mm-hmm. and so this y'all this is totally different than than the cocoa case this is this is the finest example of law enforcement work that could be done and and so when lifers, when we're dealing with this case, you remember this is this is different. We have we have the access, we have the level of professionalism. There's no uh, there's no negativity, no shadiness or anything. This is strictly just a tough deal. Now, when you have cases, you can have look, there's two ends of the spectrum. There can be a case where literally the the officer could be on scene and see somebody kill somebody, a smoking gun, and you have all the evidence, video, everything in the world, just a perfect, and then get confessions, I mean, where everything can go absolutely perfect, but then for everything there is, there's an opposite. And I would say Miss Barbara Blunt's case is the total opposite. I would call it a ghost case. And I'm, I'm going to let Sheriff talk about it for a minute, but y'all, we got to have it, your help. But the this case is just, for lack of a better word, it's bizarre. Uh, it um, really is. It, Sheriff, can you just tell us a, a, a little bit about it?
3: Well, you know, th- this it, I'm proud to say I don't have very many cases that haunt me. Right, that right, actually right, bother me, right, right. And, and and sometimes do, that that will keep you up at night. Sure, and uh, and I know that a lot of the detectives that worked on this case share the same feeling I do that it, this this case really bothered us. I right. mean, they all do, but this one is just was unique. And right. uh, and and the fact where you have a lady like Miss Barbara that is uh, very loved by her family. Mm-hmm. She has a uh, she's a Christian lady that's very thought very highly. People think very highly of her, right. and you know she comes up missing. And there is no crime scene. And when I say that, I mean, even we had the FBI come in. It's the cleanest crime scene I've ever seen. And then things went worked against us on this case. It it Um, seemed like it seemed like. Everything worked against it. You. It was. It was just like, like it was just a perfect. Storm normally, whenever you fast. work in a case, you go from you know you find the first little bit of evidence, and that leads to another sure. piece of evidence, and then and then you're starting to put these pieces of the puzzle together. Right. And we couldn't even find a, a piece of a puzzle. Right. I mean, it was just very right. puzzling to everybody. It was right. what is going on here? And uh, the the really unique thing that happened to us was we find Miss Barbara Blunt she's missing we start looking for her obviously looking for whatever we could find we find her vehicle not far from her home right. parked on a road and by the time we get our crime unit out to where the vehicle is right. water has came now nature's kicked in mother nature and we have water rising and basically we had water inside the vehicle before we can get it hooked onto a wrecker right, I mean, right. It, it was it was that crazy right. and so we did a lot of searches, and we've, um, you but, know, DNA samples. I mean, we've done but, a lot with this case. Yeah,
2: the, back it up for a second. I, I think it was May second, two thousand eight. Yes, Miss Barbara Blunt lived, and and I saw all the photographs at home. I haven't been there yet, but I, I plan to go there, y'all. The, the, this house is a nice, nice house, um, very well kept. I mean, I was almost like OCD kept. It was so clean. Yes, those things clean. were so neat. And it, it was during the daytime during that the she of the day. the, that she went missing, and um, just other than a, a couple of items, and I'll get into it on later episodes. It, uh, it was a, appeared she was doing some type of spring cleaning, and then she's gone. Right, uh, and, and then I, I think y'all responded, and uh, the you know. A short time later, her her vehicle was found on a, on a hunt. hunt road. It was a hunting, yes, a, a, hunt lease. a hunt lease. But then y'all, the weather. They said just the bottom the fell bottom out. The bottom fell like out. Like Twelve and, inches of rain in a matter of hours, and a flash flooding comes through. Could, I mean, and and they're trying to work the even the vehicle at this time, so it yeah. can't catch a break. And and but nothing. And now that the, and we'll get into uh, I'll get into the details on later episodes. But the the, the the things that they've done uh, to go outside the box to investigate this case are, are, are pretty much just simply genius uh, on top of what you do on a regular case. Right. But still, it's and I hate I don't. I shouldn't feel bad by using the term. I, it, it sounds kind of harsh, but it's a ghost. I mean, yes. it, it literally—
3: it, it really is. It's like I said. I mean, look, we, we get a lot of tips on Barbara Blunt. Yeah, and sure. I'd say yearly we get tips. And sure. We may get a name or we may get some other information. And, and you've looked at the file. We right. We follow up on oh, that. It's a, it's and, a... and we went to the extreme.
2: Right. I'm oh, um, I, I on, on,
3: on reaching out. And that's that's why we're, we're here in the studio today is, yeah. is for that purpose. Right.
2: And and so y'all, Miss been declared legally dead mm-hmm. uh, uh, by now. And and of course, you know, you can't say one way or another it, it, if it's a homicide or anything like that because you you don't have any evidence. But she right. but she's gone. The vehicles you know moved, etc. So, but life is somebody out there knows something. And if if we can. If we could call it a crime, then I always say, and the Sheriff, I know you know this. There's no such thing as a perfect crime. At some point, somebody's going to mess up uh, along the way, right? Correct. But the uh, it's been what twelve years, going go 12, 12 years, something like yeah. that. And the, end, the people get older; they uh, they remember. Mature. You may have heard something back in the, in the day, or over the years, or whatever, and not come for it. And hey, we get that. If you if you know that there's a killer out there, and 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 you don't want to come forward, then I get that. But you can call it in, and we'll get into all the details in, in, in later episodes, et cetera. But we need y'all's help. Somebody out there knows what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt. And the we've got to do a life where you can pull it together we did it before we can do it again and this family deserves closure
3: and that's my only goal you know I, I really want to get this this family closure. right right you know, they deserve that and and somebody does they, they know what happened absolutely and we we have to do whatever we can do to reach out and, and you said it earlier and and, and I, I can't really put my wrap my finger around it either but you know, there's people that uh, don't want to talk to law enforcement. right? And, and a part of me understand, understand that. Right. And uh, so that's why, you know, I came to you. Yeah. And, you know, if they'll reach out to you, I mean, let them reach out to you. Right, and absolutely. I'm, I'm okay, whatever. Because, yeah. uh, again, at the end of the day, I just want to solve that's this it. for this family because they deserve this.
2: That's it. You just gave me goosebumps. I can see the passion in your face, and, and, and you're, you're right, and it's not about— who solves is it? about getting it solved, getting right? It solved. And so, lifers, thing. you got to appreciate. I appreciate you giving us a chance to to reach out and and um, do this. And it's unheard of for law enforcement to reach out to a podcast to help solve a cold case. And I think it's genius because you know we have such a huge fan base of lifers in this area. And at the end of the day. It's our joint mission to find out what happened to Miss Barbara Blunt. All right, so you just heard Sheriff Ard ask me to work Miss Barbara's case on the podcast. Now, we I didn't even know crowdsourcing was a thing, but we did it. We did it with Courtney Coco's case. Now, David Anthony Burns is doing life in prison in Angola. Um, I'm sure y'all have seen that on Dateline and, and all that stuff. Uh, one who killed Courtney Coco, but I also did another cold case out, out of West Baton Rouge in where they said it could never be solved. I took it to you lifers and all you, all you new fans. That's affectionately what I call my listeners. My fans are lifers. I took that case, Mary uh, Porsche Porsche's case and took it to y'all. Remember we got the detective on the phone saying this case will never be solved unless you got a video of someone doing it or they confess, right? Well, bullshit. We 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 were work, I worked it on the podcast. I, I submitted it out there to the fans. I got all the tips and the leads we needed, and Zach um, with uh, the one of the West Baton Rouge, uh, sheriff's detectives, and worked the case and got it to the, their district attorney, Tony Clayton. And guess what? They made their arrest. Gerald peanut poop, uh, Pusho pled out to murdering his wife, right? This is a case that said would never be solved y'all. And, but we did it on real life real crime. We did it with y'all calling in the tips and good law enforcement and prosecution backing it up. well, We're about to do it again, okay? What happened was, uh, three years ago, whenever it was, Jason gave me that interview. I started recording on Barbara Blunt's case. I recorded with uh, Christy, her daughter. Then I recorded with Ricky, her son. Then I recorded with Miss Sarah, who is her twin sister, and her daughter. And we pushed it out. And look when we started it, we had a lot of success. We had a lot of calls come in. Um, Sheriff R brought me in. He gave me the entire case file. All right. And I worked it like I used to work cases and look, Sheriff R was fired up about it. And and, and he wants this case solved bad. And I'll tell you this, and most people don't know it, but he had got his own copy of the case file in like, 1.30, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, he'll te- text me sometimes. He was like, what about this? Have you read this? I'm like, yep, or no, or we need to look into this. Meanwhile, I'm getting all the calls from the lifers, because I did the series, y'all, The uh, on this, what happened to Barbara Blunt. Go back and listen to it. If you're new to the show, it's very important. Um, and so we were working it, and, and Jason, Sheriff Ard signed a new Realm of detectives, if you will, fresh eyes to look on it, and we were going to start having meetings like twice a week on a task force, if you will. And guess what happened? COVID, COVID happened and shut everything down. This is like right, right before the shut-in, and the shut-in happened. And Sheriff Art had to redirect all his resources to people working the parish prison. Uh, um, I'll. On their days off, and it was just a bad time. Everybody remembers COVID, right? And it killed us. Uh, the um, but after COVID happened, we get back together, we start working it again, and guess what happened? COVID comes back again, and they do the second shutdown, uh, and and so it's like every time we gain momentum. In Miss Barber's case, something happened, just like it happened to them on the original day when they're investigating the the. 12 inches of rain come in and wash away evidence and all is it's always been like this the devil's working so hard for us not to get miss barbara blunt's case resolved now we're back okay now i let, let me tell you what's been going on over the this past three years the the I, sh- I, I'm to blame. I, I did not always have the time and the resources to dedicate everything to Miss Barbara that I did to Courtney and, and uh, Mary Pucho's case, et cetera. But the, I'm back. Okay. Uh, Sheriff R and I have talked, he's back. We're ready. We're kicking it off with a new, fresh look, a new, fresh, everything. Now I don't want y'all to think we haven't done stuff on this case. Cause we have, and like, recently, I think like three months ago, I received an anonymous tip, or, or Miss uh, Barbara's body may be have been buried. And Sheriff R. got his people together, and they went out with cadaver dogs and searched the property. And it wasn't true; I, well, she wasn't there. The the but, you lifers, all the old lifers, not, not all the millions of new lifers, uh, all the old lifers have still been calling in tips over time and every single one of them we've we've followed up on one we've looked into uh it um so we could exclude that idea or it's still on the table okay and sheriff r has been made aware of every one of them there are a lot of moving parts in this case and i want to thank everybody who's called in and look you're you're awesome And you never know which call it's going to be that's going to break the case, okay? And now we need—we have millions of new listeners. We need to solve this case, and we can't do it without y'all. We need you lifers. We need your calls. I don't care if you think you saw something. I don't care if you heard something. I don't care how crazy you think it might be or whatever. Look, you could call me at... Anonymous, and I'm gonna give you the tip line. The well, we just set up a brand new tip line just for Miss Barbara. Okay, we had one before, now we're setting up a, a brand new one, but it's the smallest tip, y'all, that always breaks these cases, and that's just the truth. And the, um, so it doesn't matter what your idea is. Look, we've had psychics call in, we've had everything call in, um, it, it doesn't matter. What you think, uh, or what you heard, or how small you think it might be, or irrelevant, call it in. Okay. The, I mean, it's not irrelevant. You never know what piece of information that someone has that's going to break this case wide open. That it's time, people. 15 years to t- t- today, Miss Barbara's murdered. Yeah, I'm saying murder. No, we don't have a body. No, we don't have a, a crime scene per se that um, no, we don't have the hard physical evidence. Well, guess what? That's okay. Somebody out there knows and somebody out there is holding on to that one little nugget. Cause you don't, we can't tell you everything that's going on. We can't tell you all the ideas we have. We got ideas, but we can't tell you all the things that have been worked on or now going to be actually worked on again. The um, you might, have that one little piece that of the puzzle that fits that brings Miss Barbara home, and that and that's ultimately what we want to do: get her home so she can be buried, have a proper Christian burial. She's a very Christian lady, uh, just a real sweetheart of a woman. And If you go back and listen to what happened to Barbara Blunt, the series, you'll hear that you'll hear everybody talking about her, the family members, and everyone else, and how much she was loved. She never got to see her grandchildren, y'all. You know, and and. She lived for her kids. She was a widower. Her husband had died in a fiery truck explosion, got hit by a train. And she was a widower and she took care of her family, family first. So this could be your grandmother. It could be your mom. It could be your sister. Think about that. All right. And if you're holding on to something because you're worried that there's a killer out there, well, yeah, you're right. There is a killer or killers out there. But don't, you can call this tip line anonymous. You can email text, whatever you want to do. I don't care if it, it, a lot of times people will tell me stuff that they won't tell the cops. And I get that for whatever reason you can do it anonymous. You can, uh, uh, or you can give me your name and say, Hey, Woody, just don't use my name. I won't use it. I I'm not law enforcement anymore. I don't have to abide by their rules. Okay. But you damn well, whatever believe I'm going to work with them. And I'm proud to say, that I live in Livingston Parish, and I'm proud to say that the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office and Sheriff Jason Art are stepping up, uh, going out on the limb using a podcast and cooperating with a podcast to try to bring Miss Barbara Blunt home and get an arrest for her murderers. So it's very, very important. They um call in with anything, know that it's gonna be worked. You can remain anonymous, not a re- remain anonymous i don't care and listen we've had everything like i said from psychics to uh people that saw stuff to uh, it have never stopped working at y'all they just had a lot of bad things that happened where it slowed down but every single tip that y'all have ever given me has been passed on it's been worked in again it's not like we're totally in the dark we have things that or are, are being worked on and that never, never stopped being worked on And we just need some help. We need you lifers to come forward, say what you saw, say what somebody got drunk and told you, say whatever, and you can remain anonymous. Miss Barbara Blunt's been murdered 15 years ago today, May the 2nd, 2008 it's time to bring her home it's time to resolve this now you can reach me at woody at com, or the tip line is going to be posted in the show notes and i'll start saying it on every show that we do or real life real crime daily and if you're new to the show y'all and you go look at the feed that they, we have two shows on the same feed the original real life for crime, which this is, and then RRC daily. And then I'll have the date and the titles. It's more of a current news show. So what happened to Barbara blunt or the original series, go back and listen to it. Um, I'm gonna get sheriff Art in and we're going to talk about this case and maybe we'll take some of y'all's questions. Um, we'll, we'll work on that, but we need to do it. And we cannot do it without you. And, the tip line is going to be posted in all social media and in the show notes. The I don't have it in front of me right now, y'all. The uh, or I would give it to you on this episode, but we, we're going to put it on out everywhere. Call it in, people. All right. Do not be afraid of these murdering bitches. That's what they are, little bitches. You know, you going to kill a fifty-eight year old woman who wouldn't hurt a fly. It's time for these fuckers to go to prison. It's time to bring Miss Barbara home. It's time to make these people pay justice, lifer style. Let's do it. I'm fired up. Let's run with it, okay? And and I believe, I know in my heart, there's no such thing as a perfect crime. These people are not that smart. They're not that smart. They've been lucky. But they've got to get lucky Every single day, we've only got to get lucky one time. And that one time is going to be you, who whatever life you are out there, that calls in this tip, sends in the information, and we're going to get justice for Barbara Blunt. Hearts and prayers go out to the family members 15 years to the day that she was taken and murdered. It could be any one of your family members. Call it in. Send it in. Let's do this, lifers. It's time. It's the only case that I've never solved. It's time. All right. With that, I'm going to conclude this episode number one of season 14, and we're going to call it, I should have said this in the beginning, and we'll call it, Barbara Blunt's murder. Fifteen years later. Okay. Um, again, I'm going to welcome all you new lifers and Patreon and convicts and my subscribers through Apple. I want to say thank y'all. Um, means a lot. You're going to be getting a new bonus episode locked up. And all you new new listeners, we have Patreon. Uh, it's real life, real crime. Um, where you can scribe. It has a bunch of different tiers with a bunch of different benefits. And then we have the Real Life Real Crime Community app. And y'all, I'm going there every day before I get on all those social media pages. I'm going to Real Life Real Crime Community app. I'm answering everybody that posts in the app. And that is the place where we have everything in Real Life Real Crime, including Real Life Real Crime daily. We even have Bloody Angola stuff on there. We have... Uh, chat groups and forums and feeds and updates on cases and merch store and everything else go download the app for free trying to get everybody in one spot so it makes a lot easier on me plus it's just a lot of cool stuff but thank y'all the anyway in the app the subscribers are called convicts and they get the commercial free early releases and the bonus episodes all the some of my best episodes I've ever done. y'all are locked up and there's over 20 something in there. Uh, the you know and, and if you subscribe through Apple, that's cool too. We love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, real life real crime daily my my other show with my co-host Jim Chapman and Mike Agavino y'all it's like Howard Stern of crime back in the day, right? I mean, um, you never know what's going to be said. All the stories are great. Go listen to it on our feed. The The numbers are phenomenal, higher than, than anything we've ever done. And I love doing that show with Jim and Mike. Uh, also, Bloody Angola. Holy smokes, the, the jump that show's getting. That's the podcast I do with my co-host Jim Chapman again, uh, who's also my producer for everything that I do. But the the bloody angola is a story basically it's a story of louisiana state penitentiary and it was considered the bloodiest prison in america but we do a lot of uplifting stories there's a lot of horrible stories i'm talking about prison crime stories um and this is just a lot of different stories like our most recent story with, with c murder or Corey miller the uh so you never know what you going to get on bloody angola and man we are in the type we're going up in the charts like number 5 in the world in uh documentaries and charting society and, cult- and culture so y'all go ahead and check it out it's different than real life real crime but it's a super super interesting show go go like and subscribe to that we love and appreciate all y'all the New tip line will be posted everywhere. So y'all, it's beginning of season 14. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Uh, um, Now next week, I'll be back to old cop stories again, the original real life, real crime, but this, what happened or who killed Barbara Blunt is what I should say. Now I used to be, I used to call it what happened is very, very important to me. I want to solve this case. Um, But anyway, thank y'all And now, if you're new to the show, I end every show with with Lopa or Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. And we have millions and millions of more followers now. So listen to this. If you want to be an organ donor and you're from Fiji, you don't have to be from Louisiana. You can go to Lopa.org, fill out the two-minute questionnaire thing or donation form, whatever they call it and become an organ donor and give the gift of life and sight and all the other stuff. Lopa not only helps save lives by getting people organ transplants that they're going to die without, but they're, they're a nonprofit. They also help these families. And that's a new thing that I got from Missy Jewel. Now y'all go to YouTube, check out Missy Jewel and Shane McBride's, Um, new channel where they talk about lopa and i I was a guest on there last week i don't know when that episode will will air but they they're doing great things um but lopa is a beautiful organization and they not only help with the organs procurement if you will uh, and transplants and all that but they help uh take away disinformation there's a lot of bad information out there about being organ donors but they also help these families get through the worst times in their life so their family members can go on to be heroes. So be a hero. Sign up to be an organ donor. And I'm Woody Overton, You host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder. Bye, peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights?